Welcome to another episode of Indie Pioneers, a beauty podcast by Cosmetics Design Asia. On this episode, I'm speaking to Noor and Jolie, the founders of Middle Eastern brand Shade and Beauty, a halal beauty brand that offers a range of color cosmetic products that strives to represent the underrepresented in the beauty industry. Today, we discuss the significance of halal beauty globally and how they believe it will continue to evolve in the years to come. Hi, ladies. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having us. So why don't we start by telling our listeners a bit about yourself and the brand you represent. So Jolie and I are uh, two Middle Eastern women. Uh, We met while uh, working at L'Oréal and later on we decided to combine our 18 years experience in the field to address address a niche but massive population that is still underserved in the beauty industry and that both Jolie and I are part of and this includes obviously the Muslim consumer. Um, at L'Oréal, we were very exposed to, uh, to the industry. I used to work on uh, Yves Saint Laurent. Jolie used to work on uh, Giorgio Armani. And, um, and we both left our job and we felt that there's a real gap that we need to talk about, that we need to address. Um, and we felt that the existing uh, makeup brands, uh, with whatever is existing, our identity was almost non-existent, completely non-represented, and we're actually part of a pool of almost 1 billion women in the world. So it's quite inconceivable for us to to be misrepresented and, and underserved in the beauty space. So what we tried to do is we, we wanted to address this market uh, and we created Shade M, uh, which is an inclusive makeup brand that offers um, a comprehensive better for you promise because it's not only halal, it's also clean, it's vegan friendly and it's cruelty free. And it also, it offers this better for you promise and it also has no compromise on quality and it embraces the needs, the identity and the diversity of this really, um, of this growing uh, global population. Mm, all right, so maybe we could talk a bit more about halal. What does that mean in a cosmetics context for people who don't know? That's a, that's a great question. So halal for cosmetic context um, is a couple of things. First and foremost, it doesn't allow for certain key ingredients that come from animal byproducts. So things like pork byproducts, um, any kind of insect byproducts. One example of that that's readily found in cosmetics is a product called carmine, which is red pigmentation that they commonly use in um, powders, in lipsticks, um, across cosmetics. And it's actually made from the blood of dry, dead beetles that have been crushed up. And it is readily found across cosmetics. So that is something that is definitely against um, the rules and regulations within halal. Another really big point is the usage of alcohol. So halal cosmetics do not allow for a lot of the alcohols that are typically found in vegan um, or standard makeup. And then the third really important point is that all of the halal certified products are heavily uh, tracked and checked inside of factories. So we actually have to have individuals go to the manufacturers to make sure that everything is being manufactured in a halal um, approved manner, meaning there's no cross-contamination with non-halal products. Um, Even from the cleaning products that are cleaning the machines, those cleaning products don't have any potential non-halal ingredients inside of them. Um, And so it really is a certified experience versus um, other cosmetic products which don't have certifications attached to them. So those are the three biggest variances. Our products specifically are also vegan and cruelty-free, which means that we use no animal byproducts at all in our makeup. And we also don't do any animal testing on our, on our um, cosmetics. So none of the ingredients or the products themselves. And then beyond that, we also extend it out into being the 
inside the clean category space, which similar to halal in the sense that there is not a unified definition of what clean means. We really focused on making sure that we followed the clean aesthetics of um, Sephora as a retailer, since they're really the pioneers of that clean space. And we felt like they had a great definition to start with. Um, and you're starting to see more retailers come up with their own clean categorizations as well. Recently, Ulta just announced that they're going to be kicking off a clean space as well. So that growth area of clean is starting to pick up similarly to what we're seeing with halal. So what we did was really to de design a product and a brand that spoke to a number of efficacies of consumer needs. Yeah, so in short, that for people who are not Muslim, what they can get from um, a halal product is basically safety. Exactly. Safety and alcohol-free. Safety and alcohol-free, because really, um, if you are using vegan products, they still have alcohol in them. So as an example, when we started with our matte liquid lipsticks, they're actually extremely non-drying. And a big reason for that is because they are free of alcohol that you would typically find in vegan. So that's a big added benefit. So it's, it's safety and it's alcohol-free. Uh, from my understanding as well, to be halal is also to be ethical Definitely. in how you do business. Definitely. So a big part in how we um, operated is to also work on being able to give back and to work with um, efficacy of not just the product itself, but also packaging, recyclability, sustainability, and our overall development. Um, and so that is a huge part of the context as well as just being better for the overall environment, better for the overall consumer as well. So that's really something that we've built into the ethos of our brand. Halal beauty is one of those big topics that is brought up a lot, you know, especially where you are and where I am in Southeast Asia. But do you think the industry at large still sees it as a niche category? Um, I do think that it's still seen as a niche category, yes. Uh, especially if you look at, uh, if you see how basically, like from a re regulatory perspective, when it comes to the halal certification applied to cosmetics, you can really see that there's no clear set of guidelines. So for me, that's a quite an indication that it's still perceived as niche. And if you look as well at, um, at all the, the leading brands available in mainstream retail, none are actually halal certified. So that's another indication that things are not necessarily... Um, that, that the halal is still perceived as niche. Obviously, some countries do a better job at it. So some countries recognize the category as more, as more mainstream, especially in Asia, uh, where even the regulation is, is actually favorable towards the growth and the institu institutionalization of the halal cosmetics. So I think it's a matter of time. Like the, the demand is here, the demand will be growing. And what we're trying to do even with Shade M is we will believe that actually halal will become normalized it's 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 not a trend it is maybe a trend it starts like it's like modest fashion it starts as a trend but the reality is that it's a lifestyle and it's here to stay and it's just a matter of time for the market to catch up with uh, with the demand and, and people are more and more demanding when it comes to this it's not a matter of oh i'm gonna adapt to what's available i'm, I'm people are gonna demand and more and more the fact that they need a product that really talks to their ethics Another thing that that is very uh, that you guys champion is also inclusivity and diversity. So I guess the question is, it's those two are very big concepts almost, right? But how can companies, you know, big and small, walk the talk instead of just like throwing out those words like a you know a marketing term? Mm, so so at the core of why Nora and I created Shade M was really to create a brand for women like ourselves and other women who we saw so much in the cosmetic and beauty space who were just underrepresented and underfulfilled by brands. And when we say that, it wasn't just about visual representation, it was about product representation. And so I think a big thing that large scale 
beauty brands are missing this gap in is the ability to not just put a picture up of someone and say like, oh, we included a woman who's Indian or, um, you know, a woman who's African um, or Arab for that matter, or a woman who's wearing hijab or not wearing hijab. Um, it's also about building products that are quality and that are going to be something that a woman with different skin tones could actually use. Because a lot of what you see is they put a face up, but then when you try the product, the product's not really made for a woman with darker undertones in their skin and or yellow, more yellow undertones in their skin, as an example. And so that was something that we really wanted to pioneer was besides making sure that all of our visuals and the women we worked with were 100% inclusive. Um, and all of the, the influencers that we partner with are really women from so many different ethnicities all over the world. We also wanted to make sure that the products themselves had the right level of pigmentation and coverage. Because at the end, if it didn't, if it didn't, this would be a major, um, a major issue. So it wasn't just about, so we really worked with real women to make sure that the pigmentation of the product genuinely gave full coverage across skin tones. Aside from your liquid lipsticks, are there any, maybe you could give us a preview of what other products are going to come for your brand? Yeah, well, basically we've worked on uh, quite a big selection of products that we want to launch. Uh, a few of them are, uh, like what we finalized so far, are a range of nail polishes that are obviously breathable, very natural in terms of components and uh, really nicely pigmented. Another one is a face and uh, eye palette, uh, which, um, which also will we'll hopefully launch soon. Uh, we've also finalized some highlighters and some bronzers, so now it's just a matter of time until we roll things out and um, and hopefully like when when the market starts to pick up a bit better than than what, what we're facing now how do you envision the future of halal beauty and, and maybe your your the role of your brand in it in the next few years well uh, the thing is um we believe that halal will really become a norm for a growing population that really cares about this characteristic like today's population globally and especially the younger generation is uh, way more ethical and concerned about their their wellness and the impact of their consumption on the environment so we believe that halal in, in its wider meaning will benefit from the surge of uh, awareness towards a better for you but also a better for the planet consumption so and as I mentioned before, the consumer today is very connected and very demanding, and they're expecting to be addressed directly. So the days of having to adapt to what is available are, are gone, and we believe that in the coming, I would say, five to ten years, being halal will, will be normalized in beauty. It wouldn't be a subject of discussion and debate. It so one of the ambitions of Sh for Shadem is to be available in, in mainstream retail because we believe this is where... Uh, the shoppers from all backgrounds and all ethnicities go to look for their favorite products. So it's, it's still quite tricky to find uh, a halal, uh, especially in makeup, a halal makeup brand that delivers on quality, that delivers on brand identity. We're still, uh, there's still a lot to be done on this front. And in the coming uh, five to 10 years, we believe this is going to be much widely uh, available. This has been Amanda for CosmeticsDesignAsia.com. Join me again for another episode of Indie Pioneers to learn more about the amazing people behind Asia Pacific's beauty brands.